801 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Yes, that is Ian McIntyre's music. He'll join us in a minute. We have a bunch of business that we need to take care to. We have a bunch of business we need to take care of. We're going to do that right now, but we're going to do it quickly. Uh, let's start with Kintech, Jason, and then I'll come back and tell the folks about what we're giving away for today's show. Yeah, you just gather yourself over there, okay? Just just hum. gather yourself. We're coming to you live from the Kintech studio, nice and smooth. Hum. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Okay, we're giving away a pair of Canucks tickets to Tuesday's game against uh, Dallas. That's what we learns. So hashtag WWL, put a ticket emoji in there. We will pick one lucky winner. A grand prize of uh, two tickets to see the Canucks play Dallas on Tuesday night at Rogers Arena. We're also giving away a $50 gift card to White Spot. Also with a what we learned. But for this one, you need to put a burger emoji in mm-hmm. the text, right? We don't I don't think there's a shredded hash browns emoji. There should be. There should be. But just so you know, shredded hash browns are back. Boom. White spot. Very exciting. Okay, so you guys got everything? That's the final hour of the program. You guys can win stuff. We're giving away stuff. We like our listeners. Now we will go to the phone lines and continue the Canucks conversation with Ian McIntyre of Sportsnet right here on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. Uh good morning, iMac. How are you? I'm doing well. Looking forward to another week. How many will the Canucks win this week? Mm. So I guess the big question we all have right now is this improved defensive play sustainable into next season for the Canucks? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Uh, I, I'm, going, I'm going to say yes. We, uh, we are all, I think, aware how what happened last year turned out not to be sustainable. And when I say last year, just all the winning that occurred under under Boudreau and uh, gave people the impression, hey, you know, 32, 15, and 10. Let's just extrapolate that over the next 82 games and the Canucks are in the playoffs. And of course it didn't, it didn't work out that way. But I, I think, I think this is sustainable because they're playing so differently. It's not that they're, it's not that they're winning games that's the big thing for for talk it it's that they're playing this way and i remember <clears throat> reaching out because i you know i i i knew rick talk but i didn't know rick talk so i i reached out to a couple of uh former coaches who knew him know him very well when he was hired and you know the canucks were an absolute mess it's hard to remember that was only you know six weeks ago I guess it was two months ago. Anyways, they were a mess. They were 31st in the National Hockey League in team defense and just a a tire fire on the ice. Apart from all the stuff that had happened around Bruce and how badly his firing was was handled, the the team was a mess. And, And my question to these former coaches was, can he actually fix this? Like, is this fixable? And the response was pretty similar from both in that Rick Tockett is is stubborn and patient enough that he's going to outweigh the players on this. 
that no matter how long it takes, he's going to get them to play the, play the right way and to defend and be a different team, be a much harder team uh, to play against than what, what they were currently. And neither was making any predictions about how good the team might be but they said that Talkett was going to outweigh these guys and he's going to get them to play his way. And that has already occurred, which is, you know, it's only January 22nd, wasn't that long ago that Talkett started. But it's already occurred that he has, as I said uh, the other night in my story, it's like he's built the Acropolis in seven weeks because it's hard to... When you see the team on Saturday night, it's hard to believe that's the same team that was 31st. So if, they, if they're going to play that way, and I think they will, I, I think they're going to have the potential to have more success. I don't know what they're going to do next year. I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team like Patrick Alvine, uh wants them to, wants them to be. But I think they are going to continue to play this way, and they're going to be a much tougher out uh, than they had been before Target was hired. The Bruce Boudreau era, to me, always seemed like a, I don't know, how long was it, uh, Bruce, there it is, like three-month sugar high. Like, that's what it seemed like to me, where they were playing on good vibes and great goaltending, maybe a few uh, tactical changes to their forecheck, but overall you were like, this is a team that looks like it's going to crash, especially if it doesn't get the great goaltending. Um, and that's exactly what happens happened um, under Rick Tockett. For me, it's I don't know if what's the uh, what's the uh, counter analogy to the sugar high is it like. Do, are they like eating a nutritious, balanced diet now, where they're they're kind of like taking care of the fundamentals of their diet? I think it's really interesting that a lot of the players are like it's way more black and white now. Before there was a lot of gray area and I can't remember it might have been Tyler Myers or JT Miller that had that quote in the piece you wrote IMAC after the Senators game yeah it was JT Miller who said when the crap but he didn't say the word crap and I said the actual word he said on late night post game radio but on a Monday morning I won't say it they say when the crap hits hits the fan they have a structure to fall back on and that things are a lot more uh, black and white now than the gray areas what's what you know in a nutshell what's it what happened i think with the two coaches and i and i like your sugar high analogy but bruce uh was successful last season because he empowered the players he made the players feel great and he he basically put them in a six uh position to play to their strengths and go be a confident offensive team he empowered the players and what rick talkett has done is take the power back for now and and insist that no no you play it this way Uh, we know how we know what you want to do we know what you can do offensively but no we're gonna we're gonna play this way and he's brought in these you know what did he say right from from the start non-negotiables he brought in Mm -hmm. rules Hard and fast yeah. rules. <laughs> yes, expectations, demands. How how novel, but it, it's it's working now because the the players have bought in and they've all bought in. You know, you mentioned J.T. Miller. What a what a difference in his play. Pedersen has been their best player all year, but he's even better now. 
uh, Quinn Hughes, the uptick in his game. And of course, you know, the backdrop to all this as well recently is that they've got back Thatcher Demko, which is, you know, kind of a remarkable individual story right now that isn't getting as, as much attention. It's not that Thatcher Demko is back and healthy, which in itself is a very positive thing, but that he's back and suddenly playing like he did last year. And there was, there was very few signs of that Thatcher Demko when this year started. So that's, that's a huge thing as well. But you have your best players, your, the best players on your team buying in, then it's going to be a lot easier to sell that to all the other players. And in some ways, that's the harder part. You know, the, the, the Phil DiGiuseppe's of the world, when they get a chance, for the most part, they're going to do whatever the coach tells them to do because they just want another game. And they know that the best way to do that is is to satisfy whatever the demands the coach has of you. You've got no leeway if you're Phil DiGiuseppe. But you have some leeway if you're J.T. Miller. And there was there was just too much leeway under Bruce Boudreaux. We're speaking to Ian McIntyre here on the Halford Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. IMAC is brought to you by Avenue Machinery and Douglas Lake Equipment. Jason, was there something you wanted to follow up with? Actually, I wanted to uh, reference this Rick Bonus quote, currently the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, but we all know Rick Bonus spent time uh, on Alain Vigneault's staff uh, in Vancouver, and he had this really good quote from, I think it was November of last year, and he said that bad teams are led by no one. Average teams are led by coaches. Good teams are led by players. That's where we're trying to get to. Now, we all know that the Winnipeg Jets have had leadership issues or situations in the last little while. Um, they had their captain, Blake Wheeler, who was no longer the captain. And then they had to kind of reinvent themselves under Rick Bonus. I'm looking at the fact that the Canucks have no captain. Their alternates are Oliver ekman Larson, Quinn Hughes, J.T. Miller, and Elias Pettersson. Okay, Quinn Hughes is going to be here for a while. Oliver ekman Larson, all sorts of talk about him being bought out this offseason. J.T. Miller, I don't know if you've heard, there's been a little of trade talk about J.T. Miller that might continue into the offseason up until his no-move clause kicks in. And then Elias Pettersson, who we all love here in Vancouver, but the fact is he hasn't signed a long-term extension yet. He can do that this offseason. So... It begs the question, I suppose, of how long are the Canucks going to be Rick Tockett's team and is one of the challenges for Tockett and the organization as a whole um, going to be uh, handing off this group to the players so that they can take it over and you can have a room like you did under A.V. and Rick Bonus, where the players were accountable to each other and they took care of a lot of the leadership. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think that's the objective of uh, really of, of every organization. And and what <clears throat> Bonus was saying, and by the way, one of the favorite people in the game, my favorite people in the game, one of the best people I've ever covered. Uh, I think what he's saying in a, in a nutshell is that you, to be a really successful organization, to be one of the top organizations, you have to have the players set the culture and uh, you know, that we're all tired of that C word as well in, in Vancouver and how much we've discussed it. You know, it was supposed to be the big thing coming into this season and then it got trumped by some other things. 
but ultimately you want that that standard set by the players and and that's why or part of the reason why the Canucks were such a great team under Elaine Vigneault and Rick Bonus because the culture was set by the Sedins and others uh, and and every player who walked through those those dressing room doors was aware of that culture that hey are these are the best players they're the hardest working guys on the ice they're the hardest working guys on the gym they're they're the best teammates you could ever have every day they've got the right attitude you know every day they're trying to get better and they're doing whatever the team needs them to do it's never about themselves and you know that's that's leadership at its at its peak at its pinnacle that's what you strive for in your best players and i think the canucks have you know the players especially you know Pedersen and Hughes guys who can get there guys guys who can do that but ultimately that's what you need and if you look at the teams that have won the Stanley Cup you know Colorado uh they're still such a young team and and they had this this one burst they've been a very good team obviously for a few years now but they've had this one one burst so i I'm not speaking so much about them as I, as I would say about the Tampa Bay Lightning and the culture that they have with, with their top players or the best team in the NHL this season and, and arguably the best regular season that any team has had since the Canucks in, in 2010-11, the Boston Bruins. Look at the culture that they have with, with their top players. And I, I think this is just w- what every team strives for. And can the Canucks get there? That's their hope. Mm-hmm. That's their hope that you, you uh, if you're Rick Tockett, that you're teaching and you're demanding and you want them to play a certain way, but eventually you want that to be their way to play, not your way to play as the coach. You want the players to feel like that's their way to play. And that's when you when you're on to something, and you you establish that standard from the players from from peer pressure. Then you have a chance to do something, but that takes a long time. Hey, iMac. Earlier in our hit, when we asked you, uh, "Is this place sustainable until next season?" How hesitant were you to say yes? Because <laughs> we've we've been like you, yeah. you just don't want to get fooled again. And well, these games, there's no pressure on the Canucks right now. And you know the Ottawa Senators probably, you know, even though they've looked good recently, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. The Anaheim Ducks are terrible, except when they play in Calgary, apparently. But yeah. when you know, like it, there is that sense in this market, like I'm not getting fooled again. Lucy's not going to pull the football away from me again. I'm not going to kick. Yeah. Well, I think there's that sense not only from from how this season started after last season, and I think there's that sense from the last 52 years from from watching this team that there's always there's always uh, catastrophe lurking. You know, we do, we yeah, can't there have has nice, been. we can't have nice things. Yes, there has been. You're right. I mean, it's 52 years of the only organization in the NHL that's 0 and three. In, in Stanley Cup Finals, so I think there's I think there's always that, and I and I completely get it. I mean, I grew up here. You guys are from here. Like this is, 
know, when we talk about culture, this is the culture of the Canucks that they'll set you up for disappointment uh, over the years. Yeah, a fan base and, has a culture too, right? Yes, yes, it does. I mean, it's diverse, but it's it's one of the aspects that unites all the different tribes within this fan base is that there's been an awful lot of disappointment. And it seems at times the greatest disappointment when you expect the most. And there was a lot expected this season. I don't know how much is going to be expected next season, but people people are wary. And, and they're right to be wary about it. Uh, I And again, I'm not making any predictions that it's going to be dramatically different next year, but I do think the groundwork is now mm-hmm. different. Like the that culture that we were just talking about, that's started to sprout, you know, the culture that you want with the team. You know, are they going to be able to carry it through the end of the season and then over those five months that they're not playing again? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I can't. You know, I'm not going to predict that one way or the other, but I do think I do think that this is what we're seeing now is is a, a seismic shift from where they were two months ago, and uh, I think there's a lot more. I think the foundation to build on now with Talkit is a lot more solid. I think they have a chance to be a good team. It was a needed step. Certainly, that yes. they, they they needed to take, and there's lots more steps to go, but it is a step in the right direction. Um, we'll see. It's the Vancouver Canucks, after all. Ian, thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the rest of your week. Well, nice being on with you guys, and have a good week. And uh, we'll see what the Canucks offer us next. Thanks, Ian. Appreciate it. That's Ian McIntyre, presentation of Avenue Machinery and Douglas Lake Equipment, your Kubota All Star team. Visit them on the internet, AvenueMachinery.ca and douglaslakeequipment.com. So let's get into what we learned now. Uh, Text yours into the Dunbar Lumber text line. Burger emoji for the $50 white spot gift certificate. Ticket emoji for the Canucks tickets to uh, the Dallas Stars game tomorrow night at Rogers Arena. You can use both emojis if you want to be entered into both competitions for best what we learned. Make it a ticket burger. That's a thing. A ticket burger? Yeah. Okay. Or a burger ticket. All right. Uh, I'm going to do a quick what we learned Okay. Uh, before we go to break. And my what we learned is I learned that this weekend was one heck of a weekend for Surrey Sports. What up, Surrey? Way to go. Way to go. They killed it this weekend. You they got did. two things you got to get to here. Two things. It was an all Surrey BC Boys High School Basketball Championship. Out at the LEC, Semi Amu versus Fleetwood Park. So Semi is actually the uh, the school that um, our program director Cam Barra went to. So Cam was very proud of Semi, which absolutely destroyed the competition, including Fleetwood Fleetwood Park in the uh, high school basketball championship. So congratulations to Semi Amu. I have a couple old buddies that uh, went to semi, and they are now claiming, even though they graduated in 1989, that they set the foundation for the culture of semi-amu basketball. So it was culture, a win for them. Yeah, culture it was a win for them way as back well. When. You know, 30 years ago, yeah. uh, nothing has definitely changed in the Lower Mainland since then. No, everything is the exact same. The other uh, good bit of Surrey sports news is that Surrey's own Adam Svensson 
Um, got himself a nice little payday, along with Adam Hadwin, by the way, at the Players' Championship down in Florida. Adam Svensson was actually in the lead for a little while during this tournament. Now, he ended up getting paired with Scotty Scheffler on Saturday in the third round, and Scotty Scheffler went on to win the players. He's just a terrific golfer right now. There's nothing flashy really about Scotty Scheffler. He just... He just hits a lot of fairways and doesn't make many mistakes. And we're trying to book Adam Spenceman to have on the show because I'd be curious to to talk about his journey because he was playing Division II NCAA golf. Like he, I don't think he was a particularly highly touted uh, player when he went into college, but he's obviously turned into one heck of a player. I'm wondering what he learned at this tournament, being in the spotlight, playing in Scotty Scheffler's group. Uh, I watched as much of his round as NBC would allow me to do because as soon as he stumbled, it was like Adam Spenson was totally forgotten. Like we we barely saw him on TV. They're like, oh, here's a shot on 17. We'll give you that. Um, he had a bit of a stumble on uh, a par five when he really should have been able to get up and down for at least, well, it would have been nice if he made a birdie, uh, but he ended up taking four shots to get in the hole. So he ended up bogeying, and then a few holes later he had a triple. So it was tough because you're playing under pressure at a very tough course, uh, high stakes, but he still ended up making about half a million bucks. So congratulations to Surrey. You really showed up this weekend in the world of sports. Give me a moo cow. Just think what they'll be like once they get their stadium. Oh, yeah, it'll, right. It'll be huge. I know the sports mecca of the universe. <laughs> okay, we got a lot more to get to on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. A reminder, if you want to win either one, tickets to the Canucks game, two, a $50 gift card to White Spot, or if you send the greatest what we learn of all time, you could win both. That's not going to happen. Uh, don't forget, you need a ticket emoji for the tickets. You need a burger emoji for the White Spot gift card. We're giving away so much stuff this week because that's how much we care about our listeners. But you have to put in the work. Submit your What We Learns now. Dunbar Lumber text line 650-650. What did you learn over the last 72 hours in sports? Let us know. We'll read it out on the other side. It's your chance to be on the radio on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Talking all Canucks all the time. It's Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drance. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. My favorite part of the show. Well, that's it. Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. 8.30 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. God, I love this song. They just, they, they draw it out. They're like, no, you got to wait for it. You got to wait for it. Here we go. Alfred and Brump of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of this program is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. All right, here we go. We're going to give away uh, all our goodies first here. You want to start? You're giving away the uh, $50 white spot gift certificate goes to a longtime texter into the show, Rob in Surrey, 
what we learned, what I've learned is that the only version of Canada's team in baseball mercyed the ancestors of British citizens yesterday. <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to the game tonight against the Stars and Stripes. So first I, of all, Robin Surrey is a Mariners fan, not a Blue Jays fan. So that's why he made that crack about Canada's team. And also, have you seen the Great Britain lineup? It's all people that were born in the States. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's treasonous. I think that it's the only way to do it. I saw some but of the But the United other- States and England and Great Britain, I don't know if you know this, a few hundred years ago. Now explain. They were not the best of friends. And in fact, I don't know if you heard this, the United States had to have a revolution in order to kick the English and their English ways now, out I, of the U.S. I have been told about this. So to I'm- go and play for... King Charles, really, I mean, they should be ashamed of themselves. And to lose to Canada. You realize the Canadian starting pitcher is Shh, only quiet, Canadian. Quiet, 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 quiet. Um, this goes against matter. the narrative. <laughs> yeah. So Matt Harvey is, for the intents and purposes of this tournament, Italian. You saw that, right? Mm-hmm. Matt, he's out of the, he's out of baseball right now. Isn't he? He's a free agent. He's had he's a whole contract. whack yeah. of arm issues and shoulder so problems. He's Italian. Uh, Lars Nutbar, one of my favorite names, is Japanese. Marcus Stroman is Puerto Rican. Tommy Edmond is Tommy Korean. Tommy Edmond is Korean. Yeah. yeah so, uh, in the spirit of the tournament, mm-hmm. um, I understand the rich and complex political history at play yeah. here. However, I'm not sure what Great Britain would have just sent its cricket team. I think if they didn't mm-hmm. do this, because I don't. Is, like, Why does it have to be Great Britain? There's no other baseball-playing country that can qualify with players from the actual country? This no. Is it? This is all we got? Well, like, I think the Czechs are the same too, right? What, which country has been – this is a random question. Which country has been the most helpful to Canada's sporting landscape? Is it Jamaica for sprinting? Hmm. You have to do like a mathematical breakdown of how many medals we've won via mm. – Good different question. countries yeah. giving us their ass. It's a tough one, isn't it? I think it's yes. Jamaica. Yes. Jamaica. It's got to be Jamaica. Well, at the very least. This cool. is fun to watch Halford think, isn't it? Yeah, and, to hear, and to hear him think. I mean. Well, if I just make thinking sounds cool, for a bit. Cool Runnings was filmed in Calgary, so in a roundabout way, they're very responsible uh, for the Canadian film landscape. True. Okay. Yeah. 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 We got that. I'm just trying to remember which members of the Canadian men's national team. I think Jonathan David's. Jamaican heritage. I got to double check on that one. I think you might be right. The, the, the sprinting is iconic mm-hmm. and yeah. one of the biggest sporting feats in the country's history. So right. I think right there is your answer. I'm trying to think of other offshoots, but that's got to be it. That's got to be the answer. Okay. So you gave away the Berg, right? And I'm giving away the tickets. And this is going to Mailman Matt. Yes. We're going postal here, folks. Mailman Matt with a what we learned for the tickets. Hashtag WW what we learned. Uh, the first round in the Eastern Conference could be a battle for the rights to jersey colors. Who gets blue and white, Tampa or Toronto? Do black and yellow go to Pittsburgh or Boston? I thought about this at the break because my mind started going in a lot of different directions. If the Canucks traveling fan base was going to invade a different city or a different market for one game or maybe a series, mm-hmm. like how New York did Philly a couple weeks ago, remember? Yep. The blue shirts all showed up. What's the appropriate color to wear in the opposition's barn? What would you What would you all rally behind? Would it be blue and green? 
unless you're in Dallas, I'd say green is probably the one that stands out the most. Because if you go in, if you go in black, you run the chance of not really standing out, right? The Canucks have used every color. They've used too many colors under the right? rainbow. Like in I, the rainbow. Like I th- I'm not going to get down which one is yours because I understand that it's generational. But we've been to a lot of sporting events, a lot of neutral sporting events mm-hmm. where you get a really very obvious contrast in color. Like the best one was team the, is dude, one color. Halloween, one. Halloween John Garrett jersey. That's what I would choose because it stands out. It's such an eyesore that people are like, who it's the such hell an are eyesore. These, Who are these guys? And there's thousands of them. Like, That's it's not just, a bad show. It just like, makes your eyes if bleed. If you're going to go, you got to go garish. Oh, right? yeah, this yeah. Is the most splashy this color This is the worst jersey The, be- the best seen. color contrast I've ever seen in person was the Winter Classic at the Big House in Michigan when you had yeah. the blue of the Leafs and the red of the Red Wings. And there was, there no, was no there was no there might have been like one guy wearing like I'm wearing my green St. Patrick's Day Leafs jersey or whatever but you know it was mostly just it looked like uh you know what it looked like kind of looked like an FA Cup. Yeah. Well, was know, that the pinnacle of outdoor games that For sure I you think, think so. It was, yeah. 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 Well, 100,000 yeah, people awesome. there. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like when it you was see, terrific. Like the Merseyside And it had like the the snow coming down it was perfect. Like the Merseyside derby like Liverpool red, mm-hmm. Everton blue. Right. There's no crossover. Yeah, there's no, you know it's that that's just how nobody's that getting goes. mixed up. Uh, who's cheering for who in that kind of environment? Yeah, exactly, right. I mean, no, red is red and blue is blue, and that's how we go. Okay, so anyway, congrats to mailman Matt. Was it Bruff that wanted to be a mailman? I'm trying to remember yeah. which one of it was. Yeah. It was he was Bruff, right? Yeah, it was good exercise. He likes to walk. I was also in on that. Yeah. yeah. Are you still in that boat? You yeah. still want to try being try working for the Canadian Postal? Yeah, after the show, just like instead of having to go for, so oftentimes I'll go for a walk just to get a little bit of exercise. If, well I, don't, if I don't want to go to the gym or anything, I'll be like, yeah. you know, but I still need to go have a walk. Mm-hmm. Why not make some You get those money? little cars, too. You could drive around with open door on the side. The yeah, rough would do it yeah, old school, I want to be, would, <laughs> were you not listening to anything? He would be like a <laughs> 19th. That's an advantage. You get both. He'd be, he'd be like a 1930s mailman with oh. the old bag slang and just like throwing them at the house. Might as well be a milkman at that point. Enjoy I, your mail, sir. Are there still milkman jobs? There should be. You don't carry the the milk though. At any rate, uh, Brett from Nanaimo. We are losing focus as we print off some submission. Have we done that yet? Anyway, no. uh, I learned that Erling Holland has six more goals than Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Side note: Crystal Palace is not even in the rele- relegation zone. They are not. Uh, there's like ten teams that are in danger of being relegated in the Premier League. You know, we kind of weird. What the, uh, maybe the hopes that we were projecting for an Eastern Conference playoff race, we <laughs> yeah. can pivot them over to the relegation battle in England because it is mm-hmm. unbelievable. It gives me hope for Leeds, given how bad the season has yeah. been. That all you need is two victories on the trot. You're probably okay. pretty happy to see, though, and I'm being sarcastic here. No, this weekend was not great. Bournemouth yeah. beat Liverpool, so Liverpool. Hosts Manchester United a few days ago and beats them 7 0. Yeah. And then were they at Bournemouth? They probably went there. Yep. uh, And they lost 1 0. What an up and down season, mostly down for Liverpool. It's been the story of the campaign because they've never been able to find any consistency yet. They've had moments with the heights that makes you remember just how dominant they can be when they're on their game. But it's, you know, and I don't want to go off on too big of a tangent here. It is way too much of a grind. That's my one big takeaway from watching. For the big the, clubs? Yeah. They yeah. play <laughs> they play, play too, too much. Games, they play though. way too much. Yeah. Right? And you need this gigantic squad, and you need to spend so much capital to keep it going. Mm-hmm. You need to stay healthy. And the substitution rules have helped a little bit. Yeah. But I think it's almost impossible to keep 
years of dominance. That said, there's Real, who's been pretty consistently good for a very long right. time. Anyway. Uh, Will from Langley, what we learned, me and my roommate, Will, my roommate and I, have come to the conclusion that work goes by at light speed listening to you guys. <laughs> it makes a hard turn when Drance comes on. And all of a sudden, the rest of the work is like walking down a hallway barefoot covered in Legos. I'd like to watch Vancouver get a W today. Well, too bad, Will, because we already gave away the tickets. You'll have to watch it on television. But that's okay. And the game's tomorrow, but we do. We digress. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Other than that, I, I, <laughs> I admire Drancer's commitment to the bit. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. You Other people just... would have been like, man, I sure I'm taking a lot of abuse here. He is leaning into it. He is really, really leaning into it. It's great to see. Yeah. I mean, it's it's wild because at equal times he'll have like skin thinner than rice paper, and then also <laughs> he'll have like the skin of a rhinoceros because he's just like he won't. Yeah. And nor should he back down. Yeah. No, I will never log off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your hatred only makes my opinion stronger. That's it, right? And so, uh, so, so here's here's an interesting question to throw out. Um, and it's and it really is interesting. Okay. Let's say the Canucks make the playoffs next season. Will people be dunking on Drantz? And let's say they make the playoffs but lose in the first round. Does Drantz then get to dunk on them? See, this is my whole issue. He's playing with, the long game. <laughs> this is my whole The issue. really long yeah. game. Yeah. This is my yeah. entire issue with, uh, one, people, but then two, <laughs> social media in general has – reduced us to polarized opinions yeah and then keeping receipts to throw back in somebody's face later well drancer keeps a lot of receipts everyone he takes pride in it everyone does i've got a few screenshots in my photos album you said this once at a certain point in time (laughs) i will now use it against you for the remainder of time the key is to not have any evidence out there against you that you ever said anything or any opinions See, that's why you're living you're living life, and right? Just tweet like, all of the opinions and delete the wrong ones after. Yeah, that's true. But you, if screen... you never say anything, if you never make any predictions, then you're good. See, I'm playing the long game. They're like, yeah. Alfred said never never said anything interesting or opinionated in his life. Yet he talks for a living. It's very strange. Uh, Chet and Burnaby, what we learned, I learned that Kuzmenko was doing a signing on the weekend, and the most popular picture, him hugging Rip the puppy. Yeah, I am jealous. Have I, I don't know if I've seen that picture. I There's, saw the picture of, of him uh, with Quinn Hughes, and I tweeted out that it looked like the start of an 80s sitcom. Like, Kuzmenko was Balky, mm-hmm. and Quinn Hughes was Larry Aploton. Yeah, just say Perfect Strangers. Everyone was like, that's exactly what that is. That's Perfect right? Strangers. They, they yeah. told both of them, they're like, can you guys do like a Perfect Strangers thing? And neither of them knew what that reference was because they're too young. Yet they pulled it off. Is perfectly. Kuzmenko from Mipos? Mm, no. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go to the signing, Andy? You, I feel wait, like wait, 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 wait. Do you guys remember Perfect Strangers? No. I mean, I know what it is, but I've never seen it. Okay. Laddie, do you, uh, did, did you know what it was? No recollection of Perfect Strangers. No. I remember when I saw Balky playing a different role that I was totally rattled because he had a he had a minor role in Beverly Hills Cop. Bronson. And he was also Pinchot. in Bronson Pinchot was also in Risky Business with Tom Cruise. Yeah. It was kind of like the first time that someone saw Borat when he wasn't Borat, mm-hmm. when he was yeah, just blows your mind. Well, it yeah. must have been it must have been he had the role with Risky Business first, when he was one of Tom Cruise's friends, mm-hmm. and then he did Perfect Strangers, and then during Perfect Strangers, I think he had the role during Beverly Hills Cop, and it was like, well, wait a minute, that's Balky. 
Yeah. You can't have him in an action comedy here. That That's balky. That is one of the things about being typecast. It was I hard for say, Urkel to find work outside of the nerd genre. And when you once you're balky, you can't go back. If you're balky, you're balky. Yeah, that's, that's a that's choice. The, you play these iconic characters, like look at Kramer or George Costanza. Like, I mean, yeah, obviously those actors have had other work, but I mean, it's very minimal. Kramer did well after signing. Oh yeah, you hit it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say though that Kuzmenko's signing <laughs> on a rocket ship. How many people brought bananas to Kuzmenko at the signing? Uh, by Kuzmenko's the way. signing. I saw pictures of it on Twitter. I'm oh, just picturing goodness. him like a giant pile of bananas by him. Thanks, and just throws it on yeah. the pile. What, Another a, banana. what have I done? Uh, the lineup was <laughs> the lineup was huge. It was such yeah. a huge lineup. Yeah, people love Kuzbenko, man. Please. You're not. Oh, how can you not? No he's more good, bananas. He's a good player, and it, it seems like a pretty uh, fun personality. I too. got one here, if you, or you can go. Uh, unsigned. What we learned: the PGA Tour is not as compelling when all the top worldwide players are not involved. Well, it was compelling a bit um, heading into the weekend to see if Adam Spenson could hang in there. Ultimately, he really could not, and Scotty Scheffler took it over. John Rahm played the first round and then withdrew with, like, stomach flu or something like that. So, yeah, that's going to hurt the competitiveness. I looked at the board at the end of the fourth round, like the leaderboard, and who like, it looked like a pretty good field. Scheffler was there, Hovland, yeah. Justin Rose, but, but the homie Max Homa. And your favorite player, of course, Minwoo Lee. One of my favorites. Um, yeah, from, but uh, it, From Australia. But it, but it wasn't really. It, Scotty Scheffler was basically cruised to victory. Oh, okay. Um, um, uh, Windsor in Coquitlam, what we learned, hashtag WWO, what we learned. If the Canucks could have drafted and developed correct, they could have had a core like the Dallas Stars, who will be here Tuesday. Uh, Jay Gottinger, Miro Heiskanen, Jason Robertson, Rope Hints. Uh, here's the thing, Windsor. Uh, the Canucks think they have that. The Canucks don't think that they had to do anything differently in terms of drafting and developing because I'm pretty sure that they think they've got a core comparable, if not better, than Ottinger, Heiskanen, Robertson, and Hints. If you want to go down the road, Ottinger is Demko. Demko is Ottinger. Heiskanen is Hughes. Hughes is Heiskanen. Robertson is PD. PD is Robertson. And hence, I don't know, take your pick. JT Miller in this instance. JT Miller's older, so that's easy and an anomaly. But mm -hmm. that's that's the vision that they have. I guarantee you that's the vision that they sold to ownership when they said we could turn this thing around in a hurry. Uh, Dan with what we learned. And he's like, sorry if you talked about this already. Dan, we haven't because it's curling. Don't apologize. Uh, Brad Gushu won the Briar yesterday and has now won the most Briars ever, all five in the last seven years. Brad Gushu, now I'm going to ask Andy to rank the best athletes from Newfoundland all time. Go. Brad Gushu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. That's, that's, all it. I got. that's all I got. I think the Newfoundland Growlers had like four or five guys on the roster from, from actual Newfoundland. So. There's some guys that Okay, you ranked them. Smart guy? Who is it? Uh, Brad Gushu is up okay, there. Yeah, who yeah, else? Yeah. Uh, who's the guy? Who's the Newfie on, on the Bruins that won it and brought it back to Newfoundland? And it was so windy that there was like nearly an accident with Michael Ryder. Yeah, Michael Ryder. Michael Ryder. Yes, bye. Yeah. Michael Ryder. Uh, Canucks, uh, assistant coach Jason King, I believe, is from Newfoundland. Now mm -hmm. that I've got the was Ryan Klo Ryan from Klo, Newfoundland. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of good hockey players there. Yeah. yeah, Bob Cole. I mean, he's not an athlete, but he, he was, you know. Because he was a curler. Oh, he true. curled oh, in the right. briar. He did. Okay, so yeah. there you go. Bob Cole. Uh, Dawson Mercer, currently of the- Ooh, Harold Druken. Yeah, Drukes. Uh, yeah. How can you forget Druken, well, you guys? He, Come on. A, he's got an interesting family back in Newfoundland. Uh, Google that. Uh, what we learned, 
this is from hashtag. Oh, City. Jason King. Sorry, he's yep. on. He's on. Alfred too. already mentioned okay. it. Yep, just said that. Hashtag City of Pain. After going full bears to move up to get Trubisky, they went full bears again to give away the first overall pick. I think Bears fans are some of the most optimistic fans in the NFL, and rightly so right now. Um, the big question, and this is the conversation we got into with Mike Tannier, is is Justin Fields up for the job? He had lots of excuses last season. You look around and go, well, they don't have any receivers. Well, then uh, now they got a pretty good receiver, and they might be able to add even more in the draft or in the offseason. They've got cap space. Uh, I think the question is, what's the timeline for the Chicago Bears? And is Justin Fields going to be the guy? The, the pressure on him is going to be immense this season. Now, as for what Chicago got, I mean, to move down <laughs> eight spots in a draft, they got a second-round pick this year, so number 61, next year's first-rounder, then another second-rounder in 2025, and a number-one receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, to move, they, they didn't even trade out of the first round. They moved down one to nine to do Who, that. Who's CJ Stroud going to throw the ball to? <sighs> Good question. They have nobody there. Yeah. Right. I mean, they could go out and fill gaps sure. in free agency. You know what's crazy? And, and Halford and I were actually talking about this offline is the Chicago Bears have been around for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. They've never had a great receiver. I mentioned it to Tanier when we like, were talking to him. It, it's insane. If you look back. First of all, at that 85 Bears team that won the Super Bowl, they were all about the defense and the running game, right? The defense, one of the greatest defenses ever, Walter Payton as the running back, and they had like Willie Galt as the receiver, but Jim McMahon, if you look at his numbers, he didn't throw many touchdowns. No. Threw a lot of interceptions. Jim, McNa- Jim McMahon was mostly zany, flashy, and quarterback the 85 Chicago Bears. That's it. <laughs> but it was the defense, right? Like yeah, that—that's—that's yeah. that's why they won the Super Bowl. And if you look at the run that they went on, I think they played three playoff games and they shut out their opponent in two of them. Um, if you—if uh, we were to ask our listening audience right now, name me the best wide receiver in Chicago Bears history, most people would say, "I don't know that thing." A few of you would say Willie Galt, and then it's like, who's after that? Brandon Marshall. Bunch of guys that played in the fifties, maybe. I don't even think that they had really good wide receivers back then. Because, like, the forward pass was outlawed. (laughs) 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 So, it was – it's just – it's crazy. I always, like – I love NFL lore because franchises adopt identities. And I don't think there's anyone more than the Chicago Bears where it's, like, big menacing linebackers, outstanding runners, Walter Payton, Gale Sayers, uh, and then kind of, like, crappy quarterbacks and wide receivers because <laughs> they don't need them because they're going to win. They're going to smash the ball down your throat on offense running it. And they're going to smash you in the face on defense. Do you remember when Sexy Rexy got them to the Super Bowl? Rex Grossman. Yeah. it's uh, They've had a litany of very bad quarterbacks there. And that's why Fields is such a dramatic change for them, like what you're talking I about. I think the fan base mostly likes Justin Fields, though. Yeah, but they're also from what I've seen on social media. I don't speak for Bears fans, obviously, but I think they 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 do like him as a potential franchise quarterback. Um, yeah, nobody's weighing in. Dang it! I thought I was wondering if we'd have any uh, any any Bears fans weigh in on that, but the reality of it is, is I think we answered the questions. Uh, Ryan yeah. in Yaletown, what we learned: JT Miller is that kid who acts out but really just craves structure. God, I love this analogy. Yeah, that's pretty good. He just he he needed a forceful father figure as a coach. 
I like. Yeah, I, he craves JT, discipline. You are loved. <laughs> a lot it's of not your fault. A lot of tender embraces and therapy there. Just just a hug and and some structure. That's I mean, all he's, he needed. He's been it's playing. Like, uh, he's been playing terrific it's hockey. Like yeah. Dwight from The Office. Remember when Michael yells at him? Like I respond to strong leadership. <laughs> 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 this gets super super serious. <laughs> Like slightly uh, yeah. Well, I think like, I think I I love that quote from Rick Bonus because I think it's absolutely true. Like bad teams have no leadership, right? That's a given. Mm-hmm. Average teams are led by their coach, and then good teams or great teams or whatever however we want to say it, yeah. uh, the players lead. So the Canucks right now, especially the way they've been playing, I think they're an average team. Um, Scott texted in. Trying to win the $50 gift card to White Spot. He didn't win, but I, it, the effort is good enough that I'm going to read his text anyway. Hashtag WWL, what we learned. My doctor told me that my blood type is triple O negative. <laughs> That's almost too dad joke for this show. Not quite because we're reading it on the air and dedicating airtime to it, but it just didn't get you in the finals. For You read that? He then went on to write, and while I know I should be pandering to A-Dog, if I win, I will supply Bruff with a pirate pack with the grilled cheese. Nice. See, this guy gets it. No, he doesn't because he would have won if he said, hey, dog, I'll give you the pirate pack. He tried. He tried to go so, a different way with it. Yeah. He well. tried to go. I mean, I don't Bruff know. Bruff doesn't how- have the poll that he thinks he has. Um, the listener. I th- Whoever our winner was, I meant to tell him. You know what he should uh, indulge in? What? We don't. It's Robin Surrey. Robin Surrey. What yeah. we do, you know what we don't indulge in enough in a society when we go to White Spot? Zoo sticks. No. The, the, we indulge plenty on those. Okay. <laughs> um, the Monty Mushroom. Oh, that's my dad's choice. Oh, He always really? gets the Monty Mushroom yeah, burger. Yeah. yeah. I respect the fact that it's I will have the Monty <laughs> Mushroom, sir. Yeah, that's how he orders it, too. <laughs> he already has a Now napkin. be gone. <laughs> he already has a napkin tucked into his collar. He's like, where'd you get that? I you even know get, what I want. I haven't even given you cutlery yet. You got another one? Uh, oh, I got lots of them. Okay. I got lots of them. JD and Coquitlam, I just learned only five points separate 13th place from 20th place in the relegation race in the Premier yep. League. And then Man City is going to be relegated too. What? No. Man City. Uh, Man City and Arsenal play in late April. That's going to be a huge match. Arsenal are five points up. If I'm not mistaken, on Man mm-hmm. City right now, Halford doesn't believe in them. He never believes in them. He doesn't believe in the Gunners. He thinks Man City is going to take it. And you were looking good a little while ago, it's but Arsenal has since yeah. regained that cushion that they had at the top. You know who doesn't look good? Saudi Arabia's team, Newcastle. Yeah, not They're falling a, out now. Not a good string for them. They they look like they were going to flirt with Champions League football, Jason. But that may no longer be. They still could. Yeah. They still could. Okay, uh, that music means we got to go. It's been a fun Monday. Thank you all for joining us. We'll do it again tomorrow, which is a Tuesday. But for now, we got to say see you later. Uh, signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog. And he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Connect Central with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Your home for Canucks coverage.